Hello world, I'm Jared Cunningham and this is the Freelance Forum, a series of podcasts aiming to provide up-to-date information on new developments, training and insights for freelance journalists in Ireland. The Forum is held twice a year and has been possible by support of the National Union of Journalists and the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland. But because of COVID restrictions, we've moved online and become, for the moment, a series of podcasts. If you're a journalist, welcome aboard, and in many cases, welcome back. If you're not a journalist, you're just as welcome, and we hope you too will find something of use. Uh, joining me is Emmett Ryan, who is the editor of Connected at uh, the Business Post, formerly the Sunday Business Post, among other things. Emmett, how has COVID, how has the lockdown been treating you? It's been it's been busy to be honest, Jared. Uh, it's, it's, it, even though obviously a lot of us have to work from home. I'll, those of us who aren't essential in that respect have to work from home. Uh, it's been a lot of work from home because obviously covering the crisis, even from the tech side, has been pretty busy. And we're still getting magazines connected out. Like when we're recording this, I'm in the middle of the production cycle of one. We're going to print in about five nights from when uh, we finish recording this. And it's basically all go, to be honest. Are you ending up doing more work yourselves and less gigs available for freelancers? Or is it the other way around? Or has there been a change in that direction at all? Um, I would say I'm doing more work myself and there's less work for freelancers but that they're not related things which I know sounds like an odd way of phrasing it like our freelance budget that's like so with connected the freelancers that I would work with are still doing what they were doing already uh, so that part hasn't actually gone down it's pretty much stayed where it is as a whole in the market though I've definitely seen even within our publication I've definitely seen a reduction in the total amount for freelance because you know the bottom line is you need money to be able to pay freelancers and uh, or like everybody else now we are thankfully doing better than most we're, ta- we're taking it a bit rough on the advertising side now uh, you know to my own horn I'm very happy to connect it's not suffering as bad as other sections of not just us but of everybody else Like so we've obviously done a good job keeping it going I think part of it is because of what type of advertisers we have i don't mean their greatness i mean their market is still largely there so they have a reason to advertise and so that's been good on our front it's meant been able to keep the entire freelance team that we have about six writers uh well it varies from six to seven depending on the availability of one of them every month and so in that respect grant i just noticed though the overall amount like i'm doing a lot more in other sections than i traditionally would do so for the listeners who aren't as familiar Connected's our monthly tech magazine. Well, it's 10 times a year. We don't come out in August. We don't come out in January. And that's my main job. I do that. I write the tech section and I do the odd feature and interview and profile here and there. But that's the last part which has changed a bit where the odd feature interview and profile have become very regular features, interviews and profiles and also a few more news stories, which, you know, it's like, it just means the workload's gone up quite a bit. But to be honest, like, you know, obviously, well, as a whole, appreciate having a job, yada, yada, which nobody wants to hear. It's more, it's been good for a distraction because I've noticed myself that, like, the first couple of weeks, it was very easy to work remotely. The next two weeks, I'm not going to lie, they reeked. They were really, really tough to stay motivated because even though my workload hadn't changed and I'm very used to working remotely, I'm used to having the things that come with that, which is, you know, being able to step into a coffee shop for a quick, you know, quiet coffee, not being able to, not having to think when I'm going to the shops to make sure I'm avoiding people. All that basic stuff we take for granted of just being able to chill when we're outside our apartments or houses is no longer chill time. And that's kind of tough. So uh, that, that means like sort of building in rest has become a bit of a, became a bit of a challenge. I, the last week or so I've gotten back, back in the gist of things, to be honest. So I'm, I'm pretty grand now. And, you know, it's just keeping, and I, my folks, who are back in Delirio, which is only like five miles away, but it's obviously 
too far and obviously anyway even if it, if it was close enough there's a, a cocooning situation so just like you know sort of keep in touch with them as much as i can remotely and like you know so it's a lot of what everybody else is doing and just i noticed and i've pretty much most journalists and even people on the comm side i've spoken to um especially in the, the staff level obviously with freelance it varies uh they're busier than ever frankly uh you know even if they like myself we've all taken you know cuts to varying degrees uh even though we've taken pay cuts our workloads have increased so at at the moment you say you have uh, six or seven freelancers mostly that's a pretty established stable at this stage the if i was to pitch yeah. you tomorrow there wouldn't really be an opportunity there at least not in the uh, short term in the short term no because of the current situation to be frank about it like and even uh like you know it's a tough one to be frank about it though because traditionally we connected i actually kept a, a larger team we did a bit of reshuffling last year where a few we had a few people had moved on and the higher-ups wanted me working up a smaller team uh debated it but i did kind of agree it was better to have more freelancers getting more work than having you know more, say few, fewer freelancers getting more work than having more freelancers doing less if that made sense so we'd have a more stable team and like we worked it out sort of where we have our core like you know it's a good variety both in terms of age groups and interests and backgrounds so you know it's we'd have Ian Campbell and Alex Meehan who are two proper long-time veterans of, uh, of the sector Jason Walsh who I know you know well who's a veteran but I would not call it long time as those two uh, just to be uh, kind to Jason and his age Quentin O'Reilly who uh, went a uh, uh, classic situation of left the staff job voluntarily many years ago because he felt he needed to switch back to freelance uh, because he was just felt a bit burnt out and he's also doing improv on the side of course the improv's uh, gone down so quinton's been doing great guns for me for a few years Stephen arity uh is also but he's been he was actually was the first freelancer i brought in he was doing the buyer's guide i knew him from many years back and i also always knew he had a great accent it's a great skill i think a lot of freelancers can learn is he could pick up the uh, tone of a particular publication pretty quickly and what type of small quirks each place expects and what you write and how you write it if that makes sense so the voice of a publication is something he's really good at picking up and that wasn't a natural thing with him he learned that over time for working with a bunch of different people and the other two will be Roshin Kybird and Aoife Valentine Aoife is a great she's uh, again been there quite a while so, so is Roshin so like I think the shortest time anyone will be with us if I'm doing time-wise, would probably be about four years of all of them. Like, so they, I've been in charge of Connected for over six years, and uh, well, we had the, Connected itself, as we know, is only six years and one, one issue old. But I was also in charge of Computers and Business for a few months before that. So, and I've been in charge of that for six. So, and like you know, they've all been there pretty much since not since the start, but the the, the shortest any of them been there before years. And a lot of it comes down to the classic thing of consistency and you know reliability like you know because like well Ian, Ian and to a much lesser degree I should point out for Alex's sake Alex are like longtime veterans in the sector like Aoife, Quentin, Roshi none of those would even be 10 years working uh, Aoife and Roshi I think it's five years tops they're working in, top, in total in their working lives and they're already and you know so within a year basically they were established as part of a core team and the reason for that is quite simple they are reliable consistent and good like you know and they know how to build a relationship so well like, obviously short term like i mean i was freelance for five five years as you know jer like the only thing i can compare this to is when the bust happened in 08 when suddenly all the publication the supplements i wrote for apart from computers and business which is now connected seemed to disappear overnight and i was struggling to pay any kind of rent and uh, so i do have I, I can empathize to a degree but not as much as i would well not as much as i would like to was wrong over not as much as i could if you know what i mean i'm sure it's, it's it's a different situation in its own right but yeah no it's it's obviously it's a tough market out there because as well we've seen layoffs elsewhere which means the freelance market as a whole has gotten bigger 
in terms of the number of people in that labour force, while the amount of work available for them has obviously contracted a bit with a lot of places cutting costs. So yeah, no, it's like, like you know, because like, I sound like a pessimist here. I'm trying to not be because I'm probably the biggest optimist you'll meet when it comes to commissioning editors. Uh, I, you know, because like I'm dealing with a topic that's pretty complex, and I've you know brought writers in before. We actually have one in-house writer actually on a team as well. Now I neglected to mention because he's not freelance. Obviously, Claire McNamara, she's joined as an in-house writer on a team as well, but she's just doing a small bit every month. And like you know, with the exception of, uh, I think most of the writers I have at some point or who've been through Connected came in not thinking they could write tech and it's like with anything I had lots of things I thought I couldn't write and if you put the work in and you learn if you're willing to learn there's very few sectors you won't be able to write about if you put the work in just do your research read a lot of it like Ellen Tannen's a great example like formerly Silicon Republic Ellen when I when she wrote for us for a couple of months before going staff at Silicon Republic she's now in Vancouver obviously uh, she uh, basically was given a topic and watched a whole lot of YouTube videos so she would be able to familiarize herself with the topic before doing interviews and I thought brilliant that's great like that's exactly you know fantastic approach to doing it and I think you know there are so many resources where if you're asked to write about something where you don't fully understand it there are ways to learn about it out there which are also most importantly free uh, and obviously there are good professional formats as well but like if you're trying to get bare bones stuff there is a lot of good content out there thankfully on the internet for it and uh, you know it's, it's come in handy for me over the years because I remember when I was freelancing trying to write commercial property and the one thing I've made, I will tell you I can write about anything but that's the one thing I will honestly admit I was terrible at writing about I could not write commercial property to save my life I've huge time for property editors because they've got to handle so many moving parts there's so much detail they have more detail than most tech pieces would when it comes to specific stats and stuff like that which people might initially realize especially if you're not into reading property supplements and I was there wow that's you know that's that that's one where you need to really nerd up on but once you do people will go to you and go to you and go to you and keep using you because once you know people know you're reliable once you know you can be relied on they're going to like you like you know although part of that as well because like I immediately thinking of my various problems I had is in terms of and most of them were myself while I was doing my own freelance days where if something went wrong, I was afraid to tell people because I didn't want to risk the chance to it cost me another article. So there's a trust side. I think for a commissioning editor, it's very important for you to build that relationship with uh, your freelancers so they know if something goes wrong, it's okay. I'm still going to be there for you when things are right again. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm still going to be there for you like you know, while you're going through this. And if you need to take time off, I understand we'll find a way to make it work and you're not losing your place in the queue because of that like you know it's not a case of right well that's it you're useless I'll, I'll find another piece of fresh meat like I'm sure there are commissioning editors, editors out there who are that callous I thankfully don't know any personally uh, and I'm being honest saying that I genuinely don't know any personally uh, but like for me I think it's an important thing to be upfront when you're commissioning ed with your with your staff uh, and I do treat my staff even though they are freelance as in like listen here's what we need here's what's going to happen and here's where I see the problems potentially coming up if it's certain interviewees who are required for a piece who I know would have personality traits that are awkward is the only way to phrase it. Uh, by awkward, I typically mean are really bad at getting on the phone. And uh, so that's actually the biggest personality trait I think a lot of them have is a problem. And it's like, you know, I'll basically I'll do what I can to help them because as far as I'm concerned, the more help I give them, the better the end product they're going to give back to me. And, uh, you know, everybody wins that way. And we get a better publication as a result if, you know, everybody wants to work with each other. And I know it's, it's it, we're in a very strange period at the moment, so it's, it's kind of tough for anyone. Like, I've, I've seen that views are way up on web pages, but at the same time, those web pages are carrying less advertising just because a lot of advertising has gone away. So 
I'm not sure how that how that's going to work out in, in the medium to longer term, depending on how long this thing continues. So uh, I'd, I'd actually be a little, uh, possibly because I'm uh, I've seen a lot of crap in my life, so I'm sort of you know that's a good, uh, and you know I'm still young enough, I'm not forty yet, but like so I suppose I'm more optimistic because I've always ended up coming out okay. Uh, my attitude in this is. Like because again, with the nature of the magazine, I get to I have to talk to the advertising guys a lot, so I understand a lot about how what they do works, and I've seen friends and stuff over time. And I look at this, and I look at sort of you know a lot of sectors, not just tech, just to be clear, uh, actually pretty broad across the board. And once the current fiscal quarter we're in ends, a lot of businesses, especially those that are still standing to a reasonable degree frankly are going to have to advertise because, uh, and I don't mean you know out of charity or anything like that, but their market is suddenly going to be competitive again and the way to you know stand out is obviously to spend money on, on the likes of marketing and promotion and you know while obviously people are there's not much money flushing around the economy which is you know naturally important to advertising if the market is more competitive they're still going to have to spend that money uh, and so it's it's an odd situation where there while there might be less consumer spend overall the ad spend I think will recover much faster than the consumer spend. Now I'm not an economist. I'm just looking at what I've seen happen while doing a magazine and what tends to happen with that. So this is not my I'm not going to McWilliams do on this or anything like that. So advertising uh, becomes an essential budget. Yeah, it's not going to become it becomes an essential budget exactly where they basically have to spend the money, and I. Just, you know, now I can't, like, you know, put a hand on heart saying that's definitely going to happen, but I will happily, you know, bet a can of Diet Coke with somebody. I'm a regular Coke guy, but I know most people prefer diet these days, that it's likely to happen. Uh, you know, just a one bet, though, on that, though, Jerry. I'm not going to be owing Cokes all over Ireland. <laughs> so. Where would you see it going for freelancers, just medium to long term? Yeah, like, obviously, the short term's going to not be good. Like, no, let's not gloss up over that but like I said Jerry I'm an optimist and uh, my attitude in this thing is like I like you know while it was a shorter thing I came through a pretty rough patch in my, my writing career and uh, managed to find the, the way out and like I used to like, when I was at my lowest point trust me I was saying to anybody who was considering going to journalism don't go near it it's a terrible idea I have one or two friends in journalism who are still very much employed who uh, are not uncomfortable who are saying don't go near journalism it's a terrible idea they still regret it but I think that's for different reasons but uh, honestly I'm thinking uh, like what I say to everybody I meet who's a freelancer now, whatever you do, whatever it takes, find a way to stay in this business as long as you can because it's just frankly more fun than another job. If you love journalism, it's very hard to do a job that isn't journalism. And I love it. I have done jobs that weren't journalism and I was not bad at them, but I was never able to really commit to them wholeheartedly the way I'd like to have, uh, particularly at that point in my life, my late 20s, early 30s, because I was seeing stuff I wanted to cover. And I wasn't covering it because I was doing my job. Well, you know, it was great. They were paying me and I did that. But it was like I was clock watching almost every day. So find a way to stay in it. A lot of it is try and upskill yourself. Uh, like I said, you know, if you, there is free stuff at home. Like I'm not expecting any freelancers to spend money they don't have right now. But like look at as many types of publications in Ireland as you can, as many types of media in Ireland as you can. Look at the type of stuff they do. Look at what they look for because we are eventually going to have to start spending money again. And not as soon as the advertises, I will say I'm not. Uh, but I think medium to long term, I'm frankly, yeah, even me, like you know, who's not had as much of a hit, frankly, at all in terms of my freelance budget as most of the people, I'm going to have to start expanding a bit again at some point in the future. And but, you know, if I'm saying that, then that means those who are currently really, really rammed it down are going to, have to do the same because. People are going to have to write those commercial pieces as the fundamental thing first off. And when that happens, there's going to be more room for the non-commercial stuff as well. And 
you know, it's a lot of it is a case of think about how you're pitching somebody. Like I remember saying to a buddy who published a book a couple of years ago on uh, MMA, Lee Daly, it's like, I need to know what you're talking about within the first 10 words. And I need to have decided if I'm going to listen to you at, by, by 25 words in. And that includes the hello. And I think when you're pitching somebody, that's frankly what I do. Like, because I've said this to you before, I know Jer personally, and I'm sure some of the listeners were at the forum I was at a few years ago. I get way too many emails every day. I mean, my Outlook inbox on an average day is 250, 300. At peak time, it can break 500 uh, in a single day. Most of those are not getting read thoroughly. Uh, you know, I'm a one-person operation for my own stuff. I don't have a PA or anything like that to filter my stuff. Uh, my PA is me flicking through, reading those first couple of lines. And, uh, you know, frankly, just get talking to people. Like, you know, them, and, and, you know, also look at what you know is and look at the stories where you are. I don't just mean geographically, oh, that can help a lot, by the way. But in terms of what you do in life, what your outside interests are, and look at ways to build that in. Like even when I, as I've been a staff journalist, I've taken on other things. I've brought in covering beer for the Business Post because I happen to know a lot of people in the brewing industry. Uh, you know, and like that was type of thing where, you know, we probably weren't going to spend the money ourselves at the time, but I think that we saw other people go and freelance elsewhere because again, they realized that's the thing people are going to talk about. Look at features on, you know, creative stuff being done around COVID isn't a bad idea to pitch right now, particularly to anybody with a health supplement, uh, because again there is still money being spent in certain supplements like that. I've always found like that some places they're going to have to spend no matter what. And so just look at who's got names that aren't obviously staff is an obvious one, like, you know, and uh, see, right, well, people are getting published there. Let's see if I can. There's the short version. And just keep the communication lines open. Uh, you know, do what you can to keep going and uh, try and make sure you're still standing when we all get going again. And I think... From there, it'll be easy to build out. But as you know yourself, Jerry, because you've been freelance a long time, it's like you've got to adapt for freelancing as the years go on. Because what worked in 1980 doesn't necessarily work in 85 or 90 on top of that. But the core, core stuff never changes, which is be good, be reliable, and know what the guy wants. Or say guy, know what the person wants. Very sorry for saying guy there. And if you can do that, everything else you can build on top of that and make yourself even more valuable. Because uh, a lot of it is like, you know, make yourself someone who's hard to get, make, to, to, to say, sorry, I can't use you anymore. If you can do that, you're gonna do grand. Uh, you know, even during the worst of the economy, I still had some people paying me money to write, not as many as I'd like, because they couldn't say no to me because I did too much good stuff for them. And that's not, and like, well, I will tell you how great I am, Jer, happily over this podcast. It wasn't because of how great I am. It's because I'd gotten those fundamental myself in a position where they had to use me and they did and so a lot of this sounds sort of simple like sort of ah well you got you, you're a commission again yeah I, I have but the thing is I've seen the worst of it I've managed to get to a point where I'm on the side where I'm making those calls and I've learned a lot about what I didn't like about calls that were being made while I was a freelance and I try and pass those on because eventually someone else is going to sit in the chair I use for the job not this chair I really like this chair this is in my house and never going anywhere but uh, you know it's like it's a really good chair I have at home that you can't see on the podcast unfortunately uh, but uh, you know it's like you know look at what you want to do and organize like that's actually a big thing have a routine in your day even during this and i'm not talking about being productive even if you if you've got nowhere to do that's fine seriously no one's well if anyone's expecting you to be productive during pandemic whatever with them if however you can even organize your day saying so i'm going to get up at this hour i'm going to wash them i'm going to make breakfast this will be my walk time this will be much literally just parcel out your day because so, I equipment and you know, this is when I'm looking for work, and this is when I'm not looking for work, all those sort of bits. Use a calendar app, like it's really simple, stuff like that. Parcel out your day, 
and you'll find you're able to just stay more in tune, in focus, and you're ready to go back to work, so to speak, when the work starts picking back up. Uh, like that's what I've been basically doing. I've been planning my days out with the calendar, and that's how I've been able to like bounce back after my two weeks, where frankly I was feeling like hell. Uh, and you know, it's like by just putting a bit of structure in the day, it's even like you know, this is going to be when I play my Xbox, that level of stuff. And it's not that like you know, oh, you got to stop playing the Xbox now because usually that's the last thing before bed. To be honest, to make sure I can go, okay, it's bedtime. I don't want to put an actual finish finish time on that one. Uh, but uh, you know, it's like just have it have it done as simply as possible for yourself so that you don't have to stress about anything else like if you know i'm doing that this then i'm doing that then and if you miss something you miss something it's a pandemic but the idea is you're trying to make your day easier for you that's the purpose of it and if you do that i think returning to work when work comes back in or when work is back if you're doing some work will be a lot easier okay thanks for talking to me Emmett. Uh, <laughs> and some very sound advice i think we're getting through these times i'm reminded of a tweet I've seen several times, a quote from Seamus Heaney, if we can winter here, we can summer anywhere. So let's hope that we might have a year without a summer, but we'll have a summer eventually. Absolutely. Great to be on the show with you, Jerry. Great.